CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. You hear that sound outside? It's the rumor mill. Working overtime tonight, this time of year. Always sports. How likely is DeAndre Hopkins to the Panthers? This is Charlotte Sports Live. Will and Grace right here, and we're going to have a special guest join us in a little bit. We will get to that rumor, though, in just a second. Yeah, also, what the heck is going on over at Queens? The entire baseball coaching staff steps down together today, and the Hornets, they're about to start a crazy period of free agent frenzy. We break it down tonight with a fun game of Hold in the hive or buzz off. This was a you're doing, I believe. This is I, your did, well, I think this is Christian's. Our oh, okay. Well, producer. it was creative. It's not mine. Exactly. Right. It's not mine. But first, we should address those uh, Hopkins rumors. Yeah. All right. So an ESPN reporter put it out there today that the Panthers are lurking around DeAndre Hopkins. Remember, Hopkins was cut by the Cardinals this offseason. Didn't really want to play with Kyler Murray. That's kind of what it came down to. The cut saved them about $8 million in cap space. However, I'm told that there is really nothing brewing between Hopkins and the Panthers. But as always, Scott Fitter is always listening and monitoring free agents. So right, that's so where we sit right now. Let's take a look at his stats, why don't we? Over the last five years, Hopkins has started to show signs of slowing, playing 19 total games in the last two years. He had just 108 catches in those two years combined, but a career high in catches in 2020. There's still gas in the tank, is what we're trying to say, but is it worth pairing with a rookie QB? So do you think there is gas left in the tank? Because we all we often see wide receivers fall off the ledge because you got to be quick twitch. You got to be able to get out of your brakes fast. You got to have some sort of speed. You got to be quick and fast. And, and the footwork goes a, a little bit of the ways. That's why I'm worried about Adam, Adam Thielen a little bit. How much ask. separation can he create? Uh, so, like, th you saw A.J. Green. You saw Julio Jones. It's all of a sudden shh, done. Yeah. Typically, I, I and I do agree with you in the mm -hmm. sense of that you want to have the quick footwork, but I think bringing in a Jonathan Mingo and trying to build those young guys, I think right now with the Panther situation that they are in with with a rookie QB and the the newness of this group, I I value that veteran presence. In oh, the room. I agree with that entirely, for sure. Like I don't think like I would rather more. have that. Yes, but if you had to choose one or the other, I'm thinking maybe they benefit from the the veteran presence. And so for Hopkins, like for me, this doesn't make any sense for the Panthers because of the money that it will cost them. They had they have Bryce Young still hasn't signed. So when you look online and you see all this room in the cap space, it's not actually real. They got deals coming up on the horizon as well. So it just doesn't make sense financially. That's why it's going to make it tough. But if something is able to happen, you know Scott Fitter is going to be there ready to pounce. But that's why right now. And I don't think it makes sense for him. No. Like, he doesn't want to play. At this point in his career, I don't think he wants to play with a rookie QB as well. Well, he came out and said the quarterbacks that he wants to name, he wants to play with, they're all, like, future Hall of Famers. <laughs> you know, like, Bryce Young might be that one day. It ain't there right now. So, something could change. But he did also visit New England. Which Matt I think Jones is, isn't exactly a Hall of Famer. But Belichick, you would. That, that's yeah, your Hall of Famer they're there. They're not good. All right, well, there is a change at Queens. Some shocking news out of Queens University today. The school's entire baseball staff has resigned. Head coach Ross Steedley took over the program in 2020, and he's seen the developing program through a ton of growth, including the program's first postseason appearance in the SAC. No reason has been given by the staff nor the school on why they're all leaving. The first player to be drafted out of Queens, Tanner Jacobson, was also under Steedley's guidance, and this past season he saw them through their first season in Division One.
Well, this is what he said, Ross Dooley said in a statement earlier today. He said, after a lot of prayer and thoughtful consideration, I made the decision to step away as the head baseball coach to pursue other professional and personal opportunities. He also thanked the program for the past three seasons he spent there and wished the Royals nothing but the best in the future. Yeah, I don't know about that. This all right, uh, NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson is withdrawing from this weekend's Chicago street race. Arizona police confirming Johnson's in-laws, Terry and Jack Janway, and his 11-year-old nephew Dalton were killed in a murder-suicide. It happened yesterday in a home near Tulsa, Oklahoma. Someone called the police about a shooting, then hung up. While searching the home, officers found a body in the hallway and then heard another gunshot. After that, police found the two other bodies. Investigators believe Terry fired the shots. Right now, they don't have a motive or know if she was the one who called 911. Yeah, scary situation there, but there is still a race to be run this weekend, and it's going to be monumental. The first ever Chicago street race will test drivers like never before, and our Carla Gebhardt got to go one-on-one -on -one in the Windy City with the legend himself, Dale Earnhardt Jr. All right, well, we are here in Chicago right now with Dale Earnhardt Jr., and you're going to get ready to call this race. It's going to be the second race back for you on NBC Sports. How excited are you to get to be a part of the first ever street course in Chicago? I'm actually pretty thrilled about this, and I got more excited when I got here. We started driving around the racetrack and looking at the surface of the track and the challenges that that's going to present to the drivers, and uh, they're in for it, man. It's going to be tough. I can't wait to uh, see all the barriers up and the track actually put together. I'm a little envious and jealous um, <laughs> that they're, you know, what they're going to experience. It's going to be fun, but very difficult. So you took this drive a couple of times today. What really stood out to you about this course? Honestly, the one part of the track that I feel like I'm, I believe the drivers might find the most challenging is they drive over a bridge to turn seven. And the bridge is the elevation of that bridge and the backside of that hill is really pronounced. And I think in a race car, it's going to feel even more tremendous than what it feels like in a street car. But as soon as they crest over that hill, they have to turn right. So there's a short braking zone. They can't really brake until the car lands. The car is going to kind of be light on its feet. And then when it compresses back into the ground, they got to brake, slow down, turn into the turn into turn seven. And all of that happening at once, uh, is presents a lot of opportunities for mistakes, locking up tires, missing the corner, and uh, maybe even racing in there side by side and arguing and contesting over that position. And then there's barriers on all sides. So you're gonna push people into barriers accidentally or even intentionally. Um, and so I, I think that, that there'll be something happening all day long everywhere you look uh, for this race. And anytime we've ever done anything new, uh, the drivers, there's usually chaos because they're, they're, there's, they anticipate everything. The teams prepare, they think they have it all covered, and then the race starts, and there's all these things that start to happen that you didn't see coming. And that's when the drivers find themselves in trouble. And some succeed through that and some don't, but it's fascinating to watch. And we've talked a lot about how this is really an event to bring in a lot of new NASCAR fans. But one thing we really haven't talked a lot about is why the, the NASCAR fans that have been around for years, why they should be excited about seeing a race for the first time here. Well, it's a street course. We've, I, there's not a lot of things NASCAR has never done. You know, we've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it all and I feel like I've seen it all. But there's not much left. There's not a stone that we haven't turned over. And this is just one of the left, you know, the few stones that, that are left. And um, I don't know why you would want to miss this. I'm not going to miss it. You know, I've never seen our cars race on a street course. 
I'm not going to miss that opportunity to do that. We don't know what the future is for this course or our racing here in Chicago or street, coursing and street course racing in NASCAR. We have no clue uh, what might happen going forward. So why would you take the chance and not pick, you know, not, not, not tune in and check it out? I think it's, uh, as I said, going to be a massive challenge for the drivers and it'll be compelling television. Um, but also, I mean, if you're a fan, you want to be here in person, there's a lot going on. Concerts every day, multiple concerts. So it's, uh, it's going to have a lot to offer. Yeah, it's a lot to balance. Del, we appreciate Thank it. Thank you. The Hornets have some decisions to make as the free agency market is about to open. Does Buzz City hold the hive together or fly in another direction? We're going to discuss after the break. And we are just five days away from USA Soccer's team debut in Charlotte. But when they get here, they'll be without a few of its stars. We'll find out why in just a bit. And you might be thinking, all right, the Stanley Cup's playoffs are over. There's no Canes news. But there is Canes news. <laughs> there is. We talked to an Athletics Hurricanes beat writer. Corey Lavalette is going to join us as we break down a little bit of the NHL and what he's doing out in Nashville for the NHL draft. CSL returns to... There's going to be a new face running the Hornets bench during Summer League this summer. Marlon Garnett is an assistant coach under Clifford, will coach both the Sacramento uh, Invitational, it's called, and or Sacramento Classic. It's a Summer League version out in Sacramento. It's also in Vegas. They will have both Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. at both sites. Garnett has the experience. He played for the Celtics back in 98 before starting his coaching career, which includes assistant stops with the Spurs and the Suns. Meanwhile, the, the NBA going crazy. There's rumors, there's deals, there's rumors of deals, and Charlotte has about $40 million in cap space, so they're kind of in on everything, except for everybody that's a big name. Yeah, so with free agents starting on Friday and the Hornets having an evolution of sorts with the draft, there are a few names that will either stay or go, and as we are calling it here tonight on Charlotte Sports Live, hold in the hive or buzz off. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Stick with us. Roll with it, okay? Multiple names are about to be free agents, and we start with Kelly Oubre Jr. The guard is most likely to leave, considering everyone but Brandon Miller drafted was a guard, plus Terry Rozier is still a Hornet. While Kelly says he wants to play for the Hornets, the numbers may not add up as he just finished a $24 million two-year deal. Kelly holding the hive or buzzing off, Will? Buzz off, Kelly! And that's not because I dislike Kelly or anything like that. I just think that he played really well coming out off the bench last year, starting at times and filling in for some guys. So he's going to want more money. And he's not going to have the same role this year. He's not going to be starting hopefully as much because guys are healthy. So it's time for Butt Kelly to buzz off. I agree, but I like watching him play. Yeah, he's fun to watch play. All right, so how about Dennis Smith Jr.? The man had quite the renaissance since joining the Hornets. He became a reliable defender, notching 75 in his time in Charlotte. In postseason interviews, he too said he would want to stay in Charlotte under Steve Clifford. But does he really want to back up LaMelo? There is a market for him. So, Grace, hold in the hive or buzz off with Dennis Smith Jr. I'm holding him in the hive, and I think with the addition of Miller, I think it'll actually allow him to flourish on the perimeter, and he was a good backup for LaMelo this year, and I like that he has a good relationship with Steve Clifford, who Steve Clifford is also a defensive-minded guy, which Dennis Smith Jr. was really great for the Hornets this year, but like everybody else, there is a market for him, Maz. And I'm going Mavs? holding the hive as well. Holding the hive. Yeah, I'm yeah. going the holding the hive because 
If you got Scoot, then you got to get rid of him or Terry. You got to make a move somewhere in that. Well, I think them court. not going for Scoot kind exactly. of solidified him being held in the high. All right, so Charlotte does have two restricted free agents in the bunch, meaning any team can sign them to an offer sheet, but the Hornets can, of course, match it and keep them, one of which is P.J. Washington, who I think he solidified himself this year as a starter in the NBA. This past season was his best as a pro. He only missed nine games and put up career best in points and shooting. P.J. is looking to get paid, though, as well, and there is a market for him. Hold in the hive or buzz off? Buzz off. I just don't think P.J. is that great of a player. I think he's a good player on a team that needs somebody to score the rock, but he's going to want some money, and he's going to get some money, and he's going to be a guy that is going to be very good for a team that can have him come off the bench. Don't think he's a top-tier starter in the NBA. But I hate this for him with the season. Obviously, the Miles Bridges situation plays mm -hmm. into this because I do think that he proved himself this year. And I just hate I just hate not seeing players get rewarded for that. You know what I mean? He's going to get rewarded. I just he's don't think the Hornets yet. are the place for him to get rewarded because he's not in that position. They've got to start finding starters. There's a team out there that is on the cusp that can have him come off the bench and still make a quality living here in America. <laughs> They'll make a lot of money. But here's the question the Hive has been pondering for more than a year now. <laughs> Do you bring back Miles Bridges? He's still a restricted free agent. We know he's been working out in Charlotte a lot. His domestic violence dispute is wrapped up, and he'll be suspended 10, ten games when he does sign somewhere. So, Grace, all-encompassing. Yes, yes. It's all-encompassing right now. Yeah. Buzz off or hold the high. Look, the guy's talented, that, and it comes down to that. And it, it, when you build the perimeter the way the, the Hornets have and are continuing to, you need that presence. Because I understand where the NBA has gone with it's been much of the perimeter game. The Warriors started that years ago, and look where they are. But eventually, people are going to know how to play you, and you're going to have to go back to that inside game. You need to have that solid forward in there, and Miles Bridges does that for the Hornets. I'm saying holding the hive, too. All right, but I also want to say this. Miles. You've got to show some contrition. You've got to do some work in the community. You've got to show that you are sorry for what happened and the charges that you were facing at a, for a time period because you've, you've, got to, you've got to show remorse if you want to have a second chance. People want to give you a second chance, and you could help the team out. So there you have it, our hold in the hive or buzz off picks. NBA free agency starting. All right, and the Carolina Hurricanes are in Nashville right now for the NHL draft, and we're talking to the Athletics' Corey Lavalette about what's next for the team, and he says we could see a new starting goalie in Raleigh. we got more CSL on the way. All right, Kaniacs are focused in on tomorrow night's draft, but first they get a treat today with the NHL schedule release. The Metro Division champs will kick off the 2023-24 campaign at home against the Ottawa Senators. And then they go on a six-game road trip. Other notable games include the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Knights on December 19th. The Panthers, who knocked out the Canes, visit Raleigh on February 22nd and March 14th. And, of course, the annual St. Paddy's weekend game at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's talk some hockey. Let's do it with Corey Lavalette from The Athletic. You write for the Canes. You live in Raleigh, but you're in Nashville. Before we get to hockey, though, we're going to talk about the important things. What are you doing on Broadway? What's going on tonight? Yeah, uh, had a couple beers and uh, just kind of enjoying uh, some hot chicken, that kind of thing. So I got here, uh, got here yesterday. So I was able to to walk around a little bit and check it out. My first time in Nashville, so pretty cool. How is it out there for the NHL draft? Is there a lot of hype around it, or is it kind of quiet? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, there's there's some hype. You know, they had the NHL awards last night, so that was going on, and they had a a stage up in the plaza where they had live music and stuff while the uh, the awards were going on in the uh, inside the arena. So, yeah, it was um you know pretty good, pretty good crowds. Uh, a lot of unironic uh, cowboy hats and cowboy boots, which I'm not used to. Real cowboy or fake cowboy? A lot of fake cowboys out there on Broadway. Let's talk <laughs> hockey. Uh, Canes. For all the fans out there, casual or not, what do they need to be looking for this offseason? Yeah, well, you know, they've, they've got a deal in the works for Tony D'Angelo. It's on hold right now. So I think, you know, they they want to add another defenseman. So there's that. Um, they, they want goal scoring. They're looking for, you know, something to to add a little more oomph to the lineup. So, you know, last year they... They traded for Max Pacioretty, got him for for nothing, and um, it just didn't work out with the the two Achilles uh, ruptures and uh, just really unfortunate. So back to the drawing table on that. I think you know they've got some, you know they have all they they've got picks in all seven rounds. They've got a couple extra picks. Um, so the, you know I think you can use those assets. You can use the cap space they have, which many contenders don't, to go and try to you know boost your lineup that way. So I think, I think they'll look at that uh, this week here in Nashville, but um, you know, last year they made those moves after the, after the draft. So we'll see what, uh, what happens with, uh, with, with, with those kind of things, but I think goal scoring and then, you know, adding another third, a third pairing defenseman is probably the goal. Obviously it was, it was another tough ending to the season for the Canes. Rod Brindamore is the head coach. So he has to take some sort of the blame. What percentage or what kind of blame do you put on him? I, I don't think it was his fault that they didn't get out because of the injuries and they didn't have the scoring power that they, they intended to have. But with that being said, something's got to be laid there. How do you kind of draw that picture? You know, it's tough because the big injury they had was, you know, on top of the Pacioretty stuff was, was Andre Svechnikov, and it happens after the trade deadline. So if you take any contender and you – take away, you know, one of their top three players. Yeah. That puts you in a tough situation. So that's the, that's the biggest thing, but truth be told, you know, like, like I said, they need goal scoring. Um, Rod's system is different than a lot in the league. A lot of it is predicated on, on shots from the point and kind of creating chaos and trying to, to generate goals that way. So you can take fault at times with the system. Now the system has led to a lot of success over five years with, with Rod Brindamore's coach. So now let's talk goaltenders. It seems like we get a new goalie in Raleigh every, I don't know, nine months at this point. Who's the goalie <laughs> next year? Well, I think Pyotr Kachekov will be one of them. Uh, the problem is, is are you ready to hand the keys over to a guy that hasn't really played full-time in the NHL yet? Uh, probably not. Um, so you have uh, Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta, who were both uh, the one and two this year. And uh, both guys are capable. The problem with Ranta is he doesn't play you know, in excess of 30 games pretty much ever. So I think they'll look back to Frederick Anderson. The good news for the Hurricanes is there's a a glut of goalies available on the market. Corey, thanks a ton for popping on CSL tonight. Enjoy those soda pops. Anytime, man. Thanks. All right, thanks, guys. So the crown is away next week in New York, but there will be soccer at the bank this Sunday. Team USA will play Trinidad and Tobago in the final match of group play of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. First, they'll take on St. Kitts and Nevis, who got beat by Trinidad. Then they'll go with, but they'll be without two big stars who are suspended. That is Weston McKinney and Sergio Dest. They were banned for their part in the dust-up with the Mexico, with Mexico Nations League. How about this?
Baseball is America's game, and America was watching more than 8 million people watch this weekend's College World Series in Omaha. Game three alone had 3.586 million viewers. And for reference, last year's most watched game in Omaha was just 1.9 million. So that shows how much the game has grown and how fun it was. LSU was crowned last night, and we've got a couple to hand out as well. Back in two minutes. Our crown is going to Leonard Fournette for being alive tonight. He was driving his car when it caught on fire. He posted on social, man, it was one of those days today, but I would like to thank God. My car caught fire while I was driving, but I'm still blessed. That car, totally. Time to get a new one. That's Grace. I'm well. See you tomorrow night.